Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. This podcast is for movie lovers. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's not a straightforward review. It's just a couple people talking about a movie that they love. The format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I discuss a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they connect with. We'll talk about the plot, the director, and the actors, but we'll also talk about the personal connection my guest has with that movie. So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. Hello, this is Lisa, and if you want to catch up with me on Twitter, you can find me at ILTM Podcast. I'm also on Instagram at I Love That Movie Podcast, and we have a Patreon. Uh, the show is always free, but if you want to support us on there, you can. That's just at patreon.com slash I Love That Movie. Um, and every week I do share a bonus episode of everything else I'm watching that week besides the movie that we're covering. Um, sometimes we have guests. We've talked about a lot of Marvel shows and Star Wars. We have fun on there. Um, and I want to take a moment to thank my top patrons, and they are Philip Barker, Michael Cross, and Josh Johnson. Thank you guys so much for keeping the lights on. And if you like what you hear today, please subscribe and rate the show. It does help new listeners find us. So I've got a returning three guests on here, actually. I've got Danny, Liz, and Albie. Say hi, y'all. Hello. Hey. It's a, it's a three turning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the three turn. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um Danny, um if you and your crew want to kick off introducing yourselves, we'll talk about you first and then we'll talk about the movie that you chose. Sure. I'm Danny Gallagher, co-founder, co-writer, co-performer, co-caterer <laughs> of the Maki Horror Picture <laughs> Show. Uh that's currently running at the Texas Theater. Uh, and our next show is June 29th. Um, with, I'll, I'll save, uh, I'll let you introduce the movie. Okay. Since that's what we're going to talk about. But you can get tickets at thetexastheater.com uh, for June 29th, where we're going to make fun of our next uh, movie. Or have fun with our next movie, I should say. Make fun. Yeah. And you're joined by your two co-hosts. Mm-hmm. We've got Liz yeah. and Albie. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Yeah. That's <laughs> fine. yeah. Hey, um, I'm Liz. Um, nice to be here again. And I'll admit I haven't seen all of this movie yet. I'm just so like going mm-hmm. along watching it as we go along. But um, yeah, hand it over to Albie. Hi, uh, I'm Albie Robles, um a member of Maki Horror Picture Show. Uh, I do host the, the Scammy podcast. I'm typically a, a voice actor, but uh, boy, I, do I love doing Maki Horror. It's so much fun. Great. And <laughs> normally my typical format of the show is every week a, uh, my guest chooses a movie and we talk about a movie that they love. This is a little bit different. This time we're going to talk about the movie that the Maki Horror Company is going to cover. And that movie is Captain America 1990. In case you're wondering, which uh, it's not the first Avenger, it's the one in the 1990s. Yeah, I was kind of wishing you didn't <laughs> say the year so we could get that initial what? 
Because <laughs> that's yeah. part of the pitch. As I say, we're doing Captain America, and they're like, how can you do that? And I'm like, well, it was made in 1990. And then they put the gun away, and, you know. Yeah. And Disney does not come after you. So. Yeah, exactly. Always good. Yeah. Disney's the one that puts the gun away. <laughs> um so i'm gonna you know just admit here i had never seen the movie before i like liz had not seen it however i discovered that it was on amazon prime so anyone listening if you mm. want to go watch it you can um <laughs> it's on there for free if you are a prime member um we will possibly get into spoilers although not everyone on this episode has seen it yet but I just want to say a quick synopsis in case you don't know who Captain America is somehow. Um, basically, <laughs> he was frozen in ice since World War II. Uh, Captain America is revived in this movie and he must save the president of the United States from an enemy with a tie to his past. Um, when I was reading about this, I read that a lot of liberties were taken. Um, oh, yeah. With with his origin. Uh, this is directed by Albert Pune, who... If you look at his IMDb, it says he was like a pioneer in the uh, cyborg and action um, era, or or sorry, uh, yeah, he did. He era. did cyborg with Jean yeah. Claude Van Damme. Yeah, and um, he had like fifty movies, um, but they all seem to have that same characteristic of their B movies, right? Oh yes. <laughs> And uh, Steve Rogers here is played by Matt Salinger, who is apparently a big Captain America fan. And then writing credits go to the creators, Joe Simon and Jack Kirby, but also Sto Stephen Tolkien, who, when I was reading about this, I read that, like, his script apparently was initially pretty good. Um, it didn't necessarily end up the way that he had planned it, though. Yeah, it's a mess, as as all great <laughs> all great bad movies uh, become, it was kind of like, we want to do it this way. And well, we want to do it this way. Well, we have the money. So if we want a giant spider in it, we're going to put a giant spider. There's not a giant spider in it, but that's but there could have been, it could have been out of place. I will say, I felt like the movie started off really strong and I'm like, this isn't so bad. And then I felt like around the part where you meet, red skull was and he has that accent that i was like mm. <laughs> <laughs> i was oh, like oh yeah uh -oh. his accent is something else mm -hmm. it kind yeah. of wildly like swings from italian to almost transylvanian at times yes yes <laughs> I, I would we're just using like that to, to our advantage let's just say uh, I, I would like to say about that accent that this is uh, maybe a good watch for all the people that were mad that they didn't have Charles Martinet voice Mario in the new Mario movie, <laughs> because having it shows that having a character do that all throughout the movie isn't good. I kept waiting for Red Skull to go, it's a me, Red Skull. <laughs> yeah, it's a choice for sure. There's a lot of moments that uh, that I had thoughts on, but I'll turn but it back. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I'll turn but it back is, to you, Danny. That's been the, uh, so I'm not, uh, I'm not as familiar with Marvel movies as I probably should. I kind of just started getting back into comic book movies because I just got burned out. There's a lot. It's like it's, it's like eighty percent of the movies are based on a comic book, and <laughs> and then and then I went and I, I I know it's problematic, but I just saw I got to see the Flash early and was like, oh, okay, now they're starting to make stuff that like everybody I can want to see. It's so bad. It's really good, and oh uh, God, yay. yeah, yeah. 
you'll 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 I, I just oh I'm di- I'm dying to talk about it, but it's there's so many great surprises in it. So I'm kind of like just now getting and I was like, is Red Skull even Italian? I thought he was German or Austrian. That was it was be an access power. I, like I remember it was uh is it Hugo Weaving that played him in the the, I think uh, you're the right. first Avenger? Yes. yes, that's who it was. Yeah, and oh, I was like, oh, I, I'm not a Marvel per Hugo Weaving, but okay. Hey, am I <laughs> yeah, saying the name right? Step Agent, so that's right. No, you Agent. are. Yeah, it's Agent Smith, and also um, I can't pronounce his Priscilla, name. The Lord of the, the Rings movie. <laughs> Elrond. <laughs> Elrond, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Owner of Cost Plus. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's a fixture when it comes to stuff like this. So, like, like I mean, say what you will about the average. I mean, I I would say the Marvel movies are above average for the most part, but the first one was like was like the the very first MCU uh, Captain America movie was like, oh wow, you can actually do some cool stuff with this. It's not just it's not just the same superhero stuff we've seen. And yeah. But, but I don't think you'd have that without this because it gets everything wrong. <laughs> yeah. Very true. I uh, I loved the the first Avenger movie. I I thought oh, it was wonderful. great. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. But what if instead of that movie, and instead of all the cool stuff Captain America can do, he mainly just punched people or pretended to be nauseous? because <laughs> that's what i, mean, I it's a choice <laughs> i was like so much punching this whole movie like yeah i, I was it, like please use the shield and he uses it a couple of times um one of the times it i don't know anyway i'm i'm talking too much i'm gonna let you guys take i have a lot of thoughts but I um i don't think we've gotten to the punch i think we've just started getting to the what we've the seen big from him fights. so far, action-wise, is that he went into a place and immediately just got tied to a rocket and sent away. <laughs> yeah, it's it was there wasn't a whole lot of fanfare. It was just like, all right, now you're tied to the rocket. I right. Cut to it. Even they just didn't even show us. Oh man. I don't think a lot yeah, of people know that Wiley Coyote is the main villain of this movie. <laughs> I don't. Uh, go ahead, Liz. Sorry. Have you seen this to the end? Like, I'm just, I'm just watching along, like as we're going, that's and I thought I've about watching. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying not to watch what, ahead. I like either. the surprises of it. So, um, yeah, maybe we should have watched it to the end to to discover. Like, um, yeah, it's uh it's. Like, it's kind of a yeah, slog. He hasn't had a ton of agency yet. Yes, <laughs> as far as like at the agreed midpoint. for an action movie, it it's mm-hmm. like it's it's waiting too long to fire. I, uh, I felt like he's out of the suit too much. Yeah, like yes. Well, it it starts very dark with you know yes it's in yes. Italy and that kid's parents get like wasted in front of him by Nazis. Yeah, and then they're like, we need and all friends. Yeah. yeah. And then it literally cuts to like the California suburbs (laughs) or something like I think it like literally goes it's it speeds ahead. They're like, oh, she got over it. Yeah. And I I (laughs) do think that eh. would make anyone bad. I feel like, you know, also like what they say about the little boy, they're like, we need his brilliant mind. And I'm like, he's a kid like that surprised me that specifically this little boy needed to be used for this experiment. There's a deleted scene. um, Oh, really? Oh. When, yes, when the when the uh, when the Third Reich text, uh, uh, tests the little boy and finds that his mitochondrions are like sky high, 
<laughs> and no, they just don't explain. They just like they just say, "We want this kid. He's super smart." Yeah, but he I, scored I, very I, high on the written eight SAT <laughs> and but, the, uh, the the Sato the Italian SAT. <laughs> but <laughs> if you're I'm right, talking too then, much, Ben. No, no, you're fine. Mm. And then it shifts towards sunny California or whatever. Yes, all of a sudden, mm. which is weird. And then yeah, most of the movie like. After they thaw Steve out and stuff, I thought it was funny, like, too, they thaw him out and then he's doing stuff and he's, like, already in the newspaper, like, really quickly. Like, this guy's thawed out. And... Oh, wait. Yeah, the, um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. We just, we, oh, we, yeah, we've yeah. just finished that part. Okay. Yeah, they kind of had no problem immediately publishing a picture that someone sent that said, hey, this guy was asleep for a thousand years. And then, <laughs> yeah, and nobody interviewed, okay. nobody talked, oh, nobody okay. Nobody like talked to him or interviewed him. It's just yeah. we got this picture of this guy. I mean, he must have been here for a thousand years. It's not a thousand. It's like sixty years, I think. Is yeah. it in the sun? Right. Yeah. So and nobody. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say, have you seen the moment yet where that guy's like driving him in the car, and then he's like, "I'm gonna be sick. I'm gonna be seasick," and <laughs> no. he like pulls over. I think we're just up to that. That's okay. funny. Well, he he pretends to be ill, and I'm like in my head, I'm like, where is this going? Like, I mean, in the '40s or whatever, there were cars. I don't understand why this car rides making him so nauseous. So he pull the guy pulls over, and Steve Rogers pretends to go out of the car and pretends to almost throw up, and the guy goes to comfort him, and then he runs back to the car and takes it over and leaves the guy there. Oh, oh. I'm like that. <laughs> Oh wait, is that Ned Beatty? Is that Ned Beatty you're talking about? <laughs> I I'm not sure, but like the, the reporter, he- the reporter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I'm okay. like, my thought is <laughs> that's like, hilarious. that's a spoiler yeah. for us. We're like just I'm up sorry. to that point. No, 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 it's <laughs> no, fine. It's we okay. we would have watched it. Ruining Captain America 1990 for us. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking like, okay, that doesn't make him seem very heroic it seems right i don't know it's weird and it happens twice he does it again later to like his modern day girlfriend so two times ride yeah and i'm like why can't he just say i need need the car like i don't understand why he has to pretend to be nauseous also (laughs) at this point he's thought out in alaska and he walks back to america and, and well, it, he steals a truck apparently too. Well, that's before he, he realized he, he could pretend to be ill to get. He married. walks back to Canada, <laughs> and Ned Beatty, for some reason, I forget why, how he how he finds him. He he drives up to him, and I'm like, wait, Captain America walked that whole. Couldn't he have just taken a car in Alaska? I guess is that part of his super strength that he can. Obviously not. He's Walking. tired. When we see That's that he's true. walked across half the continent, he's oh, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> and I'm like, couldn't you have gotten a car? Like you could have stolen. A, is there no cars north of like Ottawa? No, I'm okay. just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just know how to. I, I like that immediate answer. No. Yes. No. <laughs> no. Your your premise. Your premise makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought him doing that twice. It just rubbed me the wrong way. I was like, I don't want to yeah. see a hero you know using that method to get cars it feels like he's like gaslighting people instead of just <laughs> i don't know like asking for help or doing heroic mm-hmm. things and yeah there's a lot of 
a lot of punching and I don't know I'm just like throw some kicks in there but I maybe it's because I'm comparing it to like modern day superhero movies where there's just so much choreography right you know we're just like spoiled mm. now I think I mean we're yeah we have... I, I think it's not oh. quite about that I think you know we yes like the the hero movies today have all these uh, a lot more effects and a lot better you know action sequences and, and whatnot but there is something to be said just about the quality of something because there are movies you can go back to watch that were from that time you know that were just incredible movies like this was around the time just a little bit before we got jurassic park if you look at True. some of the other movies that came out the year jurassic park there were some terrible terrible movies that a lot of people excuse well it's because of the time but i've seen movies that came out you know in 2001 where the effects didn't hold up the way jurassic park does and right. so it's just a matter of the, the the effort put into writing you know who you, who you get to direct and having some type of cohesive vision because some of these movies are a mess and it's not because of when they came out they sometimes they're just a mess yeah i mean that's true this is like after superman and batman so that's true those were both <laughs> excellent right yeah like the attention to deep like it's just that little newspaper montage part where it's going <laughs> through the 40 years oh, that's long like, yeah and it's just like i don't want to spoil our little jokes and stuff for that but there's a bunch of typos in that and it's just <laughs> incredibly lazy like <laughs> they didn't use the ap like you know method no, not at all it's so bad it's they so didn't funny. write the stories to go and i'm I, I work in newspapers so like i try not to be like a, i'm not a grammar nazi because i i write I, i'm a sloppy writer but but like, like they do a close up, and you can tell that the the text under the headline is not the is not the it like it it's a different story. <laughs> That's really funny. I didn't. They would have they would have better off if they just left it like lorem ipem upem you know whatever it is when you when you click text on Photoshop and it just gives you a lorem ipsum lorem ipsum. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Well, yeah, you did. I like that it was a story. Like one of those about was a story that something happened between one of the Padres and his wife, and he went to jail. And that was <laughs> I was looking at the actual story. I was like, oh, a Padre yeah. went to jail. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you get a clue of like how this movie ended up. And watching it, I promise I didn't know this before. But while I was watching it, I was like, this reminds me of a canon movie. And yes, oh my gosh, the... yes. No, it totally is a canon movie. <laughs> and it, yeah. it is. Yeah, that's because yeah. it is. Because Golan left canon in 89, and then he was able to carry over the rights of this film. And um, he brought, uh, he worked with Tolkien on the script, and then, um, you know, got director Albert Pune to direct it. And so I was like, mm -hmm. well, no wonder it has that vibe, because I, I really picked up on that. I feel, I, I feel like I have to credit... How did this get made for even knowing who the canon group are? I've watched the documentary too. And I want to see that documentary. Stuff. And and uh, that's one of my favorite podcasts. I've listened to, to every single episode of that. Yeah. Uh, how does it get made? It's fantastic. I, I will say for this movie, though, I love the look of Captain America. Like, I think casting wise, he, he looks really good. You know, like, I feel like it maybe I don't know might have influenced them picking i mean this is like oh uh, uh, yeah to chris just, evans yeah like i think matt salinger 
definitely has the look you know he's a good fit for it and and i'll say also you can tell that they watched this movie in preparation because the the scene of him becoming captain america you know while it's done much better than the other one there it is more or less the same steps yeah uh, of of what happens right down to the then then here comes this guy who snuck in and and is and ends up shooting at some people or whatever like it's (laughs) it's like they took that scene which was it kind of almost works in this and they said all right let's this this could be really solid if we work on it. and they they polished the the crap out of it and and, and made it into something really cool so i i think uh, the influence of this movie is definitely in the other one but you know just done better yeah i mean it's like you got to take a character that i mean you can't really have his origin be now it has to be in world war 2 just by the nature of who right. he is. So how do you get him from World War II to now? Because my understanding, I don't know for sure, but I would imagine that in the comics, he takes, the, like, maybe his stories take place in, in during that time. I don't know. So it's like, how do you get it from then to now? So maybe they stole it from this movie. Or not stole it, but paid homage. Well, I mean, the, the, the whole first movie of Captain America, the first Avenger, is, the, is in the 40s. Yeah. The, right. Uh, they, they, you know, he doesn't get into the other movies until later mm-hmm. but uh but yeah the, I, I think there is something to that i think there is something to be said that the that he has to be a product of his time he, he yeah he's definitely mm-hmm. a guy who was made to fight nazis this the name captain america alone is not something they would create today <laughs> you know right uh, this every, there's so much uh such a different political climate that i like that throughout the mcu he kind of doesn't fit in because of that he has he struggles with with fitting in yeah things are more black and white you know when he's a hero and now they're nuanced and that character evolves in the avengers movies like that you know struggling to figure out what he believes you know but he's Mm -hmm. best you know punching nazis so (laughs) (laughs) which we all love um, I mean, in I fact, did... one, one one thing that I could say that, that 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 I love the the change because it it just character wise it is questionable. Like how how do they make this guy? And immediately they're like, let's make him a hero. And I like in the newer yeah. movies he kind of had to earn that, and and that he had this costume because of a he was doing a a stage show to entertain the troops, basically. Right. And, yeah. And, he was he was I, like I, the I, yeah I he was Mick. <laughs> He was McGruff for World War II in the first <laughs> yeah. Avenger. Was he really was, which was hilarious. Like which I was <laughs> like, "That's that's cheap. like I like I love that beat." And he put on one of the girls' helmets because they had the the A logo. Yeah, on it, that became part of his uniform. And yeah, it, just how cool that all was. That and it explains this what would otherwise be considered a pretty silly uniform. But it, you know, it both the uniform looks cool in both movies. But I like that it's explained in a, in a better way in that in that newer one. I forget how they um, make the costume and the Alfred Pion one. They just said that the that the scientist woman made it, and that she likes. Oh, it. so they didn't. Yeah, that she loves the red, white, and blue. Um, oh. I, I noticed too in this one a dark kind of origin for Steve Rogers is that he was weakened specifically by polio, which is obviously not in the first Avenger movie. Um, oh, oh, we missed that somehow. If, or, if, um, yeah, they mentioned it, and I was like, "Oh, that's oh if they mentioned it, I've forgotten." Yeah, I, I mean, thought it was an injury, uh, and so I yeah, didn't notice that. like 
maybe like a war that's an interesting um yeah like like a background color yeah. for him and I guess like yeah I, I'm not a big um MCU person so I guess like usually Steve's stories he's kind of a fish out of water um, yeah. and the other one he was just very yeah. scrawny yeah but he was I like, feel like yeah. they really he, sanitize yeah. like who he is in the first Avengers mm-hmm. like I feel like you know they don't really mention or show Nazis and you know Hydra is really replacing that completely like right. they don't go into any sort of political ideology at all and mm-hmm. I think part of that too is like even removing something like him having polio now I don't know if the original character had that but it stood out to me that like in this 1990s movie I mean they say Nazis you know the italian thing and fascist government stuff and you know him having polio like they're not really sugarcoating stuff and like well, even... it's in the 90s now so we're not yeah really <laughs> and no no i mean we're not we're not desantis did y'all notice that <laughs> that I which know, one stood out to me red skull uh the his That's name because they name him in it his name is just mm-hmm. like desantis oh, oh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i noticed that i mean i'd buy that where is it i'm trying to find it yeah no i'm, I'm remembering that somebody calls him mr desantis like yeah like oh, they okay. don't yeah. call him red school a whole lot i mean they call yeah. him and like he gets that oh weird... god we then we need to go back and <laughs> <laughs> yeah i noticed that i was like lean oh. into that <laughs> and also like later i guess this is a spoiler but oh know, is I just re- his daughter. That's where the name is. His oh, daughter. Okay. His daughter, who is in the nineteen ninety Valentina DeSantis. Yes, Valentina. I, I didn't put that together that that was his last name. So yeah, okay. and I don't know if she's a character later, but um, I thought it was also interesting. I'm sorry, I'm like really rambling here. Another no, thing no. about it is that um, you know he, I guess like what he wants to um, his big gripe is that the American president Red Skull's biggest gripe. Is that the American president is so pro environmentalism? Like that, yes. that was interesting too. Like well, there's wow, a whole an interesting plot. <laughs> the, the movie yeah. like takes and like takes a whole season of the West Wing and basically condenses it down yes. to like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. So so one thing that really sticks at one thing that annoys annoys me about this movie is they cast uh one of my favorite Darren, uh, one of my favorite actors, Darren, Darren McGavin, oh, uh, who played General the old Clinton. man. Yeah. Yes. Who played the old man in a Christmas story. And they also cast uh, <laughs> his uh, uh, Melinda Dillon, who plays Ralphie's mom. Oh, wow. Early yeah, on. So weird that. They're both in there. Yeah. She's Steve's so mom. I and, think. So, and I, I mean, I love, a, I, I just, uh, Darren McGavin's like, like not just Christmas story. Like, I don't know if you remember Kolchak, the night stalker. Which was like basically like a pre X Files type show, and and uh, and yeah, and Darren McGavin is like, and here's a spoiler, sorry. One minute mm-hmm. he's a general, and then the next minute he's a double agent. Like also, literally from scene to scene, it's like this. <laughs> just we gotta, we gotta, we gotta get this angle in early so we can pack all the action the one side of it and not have the politics bog us down, which actually <laughs> could, which actually could help yeah uh this kind of a movie i noticed too like i didn't think about it when i watched it because he's older than how i'm used to seeing him but yeah um, the younger version i guess of fleming is bill mummy uh yes will robinson from lost oh okay i did not put that together that that was uh 
Okay, that makes well, that makes sense. But again, they don't see. I thought those were two separate characters. I didn't know Bill Mooney <laughs> was playing. No, I really didn't know that he was playing the younger version of Darren McGavin. Yeah, it says it says that, but I didn't notice that either until oh, I read Oh, I didn't realize that Young either. general. Because we watched the movie, and there's a scene that establishes wow uh, uh, the president, played by Ronnie Cox, as basically Al Gore. Yeah. And uh, it's like pro. And then the very next scene, he's a double agent. I'm like, why do they just cram that in? And they're like, oh, they uh, the movie expects us to know that Bill Mooney was a double it, it, it's it's so if i try to explain it it's just so there's a there's a scene where bill mooney and the double agent that uh kills the scientist uh uh in the in the origin scene bill mooney's oh, like his no. little his helper i guess or his, his aide or whatever okay. but they never they never establish if he's if bill mooney is a double agent mm. so you don't think about it I so see. first of all, you're not even thinking about him. You're thinking about whatever's in front of you. This movie right. just does not explain anything. It just expects you to know. I I was thinking like what how on? is Captain America gonna end up getting frozen and he gets like blasted off in the rocket and then <laughs> lands in Alaska, I guess, is how he gets frozen. Oh yes. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> Because he was shot, he was shot in an ice rocket. That's right. Okay. Because you know, if he shot, if 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 you know, if he was shot from a rocket that delivers heat, he wouldn't be able to get frozen. And that's when Red Skull loses his hand, right? Like, yes, Luke Skywalker so. style, or whatever. I'm being sarcastic with the ice rocket. <laughs> yeah. Also, but. how do you get frozen in a in like? I always thought it was the Arctic where where Steve Rogers got frozen. I don't know. You're like, not talking to a Captain America expert. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, say that again. I wish what, I knew. What, what are you asking? <laughs> I always thought it was the Arctic where uh, Steve Rogers. Oh, I see what you're saying. Nobody yeah, gets yeah. frozen in Alaska unless you're a moron. I guess it had to be like close to America. Somehow, yeah, because or... I mean, in, in both movies, he he misses a target in America, so it makes more sense <laughs> to, for it to be up there. I see. But how far? I mean, Alaska and. There's a whole country between Alaska and Washington, D.C. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> it would make more sense to be up north in Canada somewhere. It's pretty big. I guess they just have to emphasize it's really get, cold. Get hit right. Greenland over there. Yeah, I mean, I think people generally associate Alaska with that. It's just the easy okay. for the public to swallow. I mean, but we know where Antarctica is. It's not. Again, this movie just doesn't. You'd have to miss by a lot more, though. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, Alaska became part of America, so maybe that's why. Ooh, maybe oh. it became America when he hit it. Yeah, <laughs> it like, yeah, like that makes sense. An automatic thing. <laughs> he planted the seed. <laughs> yeah. I get hung up on these little things with this movie because I don't understand <laughs> it. Like it's something like it, this movie throws so much at you. You can I can only hold on to one thing at a time. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Oh, also, I don't think we've talked about his suit yet, but it's like made of rubber, <laughs> so he's like <laughs> freaking sweating up a storm in there, and apparently, like, lost weight during the movie because he was so exhausted in there. And mm. oh, poor soul, to, like, oh my gosh, yeah. And I think I heard, 
Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I heard that happen to Michael Chiklis when he played the thing in the first Fantastic oh, really? Four. Was mm. he was insistent on like he didn't want to do computer effects. He wanted a a realistic suit. And then he's like, never mind. Well, no, and then he had then he had to shoot it. He just had to endure it. And so when Yuck. they did the sequel, they made sure there was like air conditioning in the suit. Yeah. And the second one is awful. So he should have just not put the. I blame the air conditioning <laughs> for the Silver Surfer. Yeah. Well, this movie looks hot to me too. Like mm-hmm. when they're in L.A. and then later they're in. Um, I mean, I think it's supposed to be Italy, but it's uh, former Yugoslavia. Um, it looks real I'm hot sure. to me. Well, what, what's happened to me with the costume is this weird thing that I—it's kind of—I can't see it any other way now. Is there was a particular shot early on when, when he's riding on to, to go on his first mission and he's on a plane, and it just looked like. It's it's hard to describe over a podcast, but it's almost like the parts where you can see a skin kind of around his eyes and around his mouth. It's like those were the only parts that had skin, and they were just kind of pasted over a blue head. And (laughs) and yeah, like it's backwards (laughs) from what their costume regularly is. And once I thought that, I can't look at him in any moment in the movie and not see that. That's that's all. That's the only way I can see it now. It's so yeah. Once you said that, (laughs) it's uncanny. (laughs) To me, it looks like they made a Play-Doh suit and put him and put it. It really does. It (laughs) looks like it's a cheap rubber, the cheap monster rubber that uh, you know they'd use to like in like uh, what uh, what's the uh, uh, not brain damage. He's part of the Gumby family. No, no, I'm I'm thinking of uh, what's it's the guy that made uh, uh, basket case. It's that cheap rubber that like they used to make monsters and B movies. Yeah, but they turned it into a suit. Yep. Which oh I mean, better. that's resourceful. I'll give him that. Yeah, yeah. I also, you haven't gotten there yet, but he has, you know, uh, the girl in the movie. Um. But it doesn't seem like she needs to be there. And he's constantly trying to ditch her because he, I guess he's trying to keep her safe. But you're like, I feel like they could just take her out of this movie. But they do this thing. I was telling my husband in the 80s and 90s where when they have a female lead, for some reason, they think that audiences want to see them argue. Like, and banter oh, back and forth mean. constantly. Like, that's mm-hmm. kind of an 80s thing, I think. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. like, that's annoying. <laughs> like, it makes mm-hmm. me think, I wish she wasn't here, you know, instead of like, isn't that cute how they can't get along or whatever? <laughs> I noticed that in the movie. Are you talking like, about the uh, the daughter? Yeah, daughter? yeah. Okay. Is she oh, so it becomes be... a buddy picture. Yeah, is she supposed to be like his old flames daughter like in the marvel movies or is she just some lady who knows i couldn't figure that out but <laughs> again i didn't know that darren mcgavin and bill Mooney were the same person <laughs> until about 10 minutes ago <laughs> i really didn't did That's y'all know so that funny. liz alvey no i i had i okay. didn't pick up on that at all yeah no lots of confusion in this film yes yeah. yeah going back to that so you're so bill Mooney's partner when he's a young soldier, doesn't just kill someone, literally yells, hi, Hitler, and kills someone. And nobody thought to question him. 
and make sure like he's okay and now it's like well what that was just a fluke i mean you know let's make him a general no i assumed he was dead (laughs) god okay okay i'm reading here i think i think the girl is let's see a childhood friend of okay it says uh sam Kolowitz, a reporter of childhood friend Kimball, who has long hounded the skull and hitchhiked his, his way back to wartime girlfriend Bernice in Redondo Beach. Well, Bernice oh, that's lives... the girl from the beach yeah. scene? Okay. Yeah. See, again, there's, the characters get thrown away and then they come back and then they oh, yeah. wait, we need them. Put them back in this scene. She's it's... married and she has her own daughter, Sharon, who gives mm-hmm. Rogers. Okay. So she's still a daughter of somebody, but bernice's daughter okay i did not pick up on that's who she was and bernice is the lady that like created the yeah turn people into super soldiers and for some reason turned red skull into what he is instead oh no bernice is uh oh no oh like uh steve's girlfriend at the beginning i think oh okay so she's like peggy carter kind of She's yeah, like, the, yeah. no, I'll wait for you, girl, in the, okay. in the in that World is War II a, movies. A weird thing that writers do where they're like, if you're in love with someone and you can't have them because of a time jump, you'll just date their daughter. I think that's very Yeah, strange. it's such a weird trope. It's kind of <laughs> icky. Yeah, it's icky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's weird. It's like one step away from them dating their own kid almost. It's just very strange to me. It is. Oh God, you're right. <laughs> and it's in the new movies too. Like, why? It's in Austin Powers. <laughs> yes, I was just That's thinking right. that. Austin Powers. Austin Powers. Uh, for some reason, I thought of Bicentennial Man, which nobody wants to see again. But that it happened there. <laughs> and I get Robin Williams made... dates the yeah. owner's daughter. And I get that they were made like the same age, but it's still icky. It's it reminds me of like yes, I don't know, like becoming old and going like. Well, you're old now. I kind of wish you were like how you were. Oh, oh your daughter. I'll just date her. You know, it's like <laughs> same diff. <laughs> yeah, it's like well, does not the same. Does Steve Rogers in the MCU have uh, a similar? I think so. Like relation? I think that there's there's is... like an animated movie I saw where she dates like his son or something, and I'm like, no. <laughs> oh, you're talking that. about the other way. You're talking about yeah, Peggy yeah. Uh, Agent Carter dates Steve Rogers' son. No, no, like um what's what's Wonder Woman's boyfriend's name? Chris Pine. What's Oh uh yeah, Chris Pine. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, never mind. Yeah, what's I that was... character's name? It's, it's uh, I don't uh, remember. Wonder I'm gonna look it up. Wonder Woman's boyfriend. He was I think his Wonder Woman's boyfriend is his superhero <laughs> name. Steve Trevor. It sounds just like okay. Steve Rogers. That's why I thought of that. Couldn't remember his name. But I haven't like watched a... it in years, so I don't yeah. remember his name. Yeah. There's like an animated movie where she kind of does something similar to Captain America, where like Steve Trevor has like a grandson or something that she dates. And again, I'm just like, I don't understand <laughs> why this is a trope, why we've chosen to accept this in pop culture. Like, I just don't get it. But, oh, it's because <laughs> she reminds me of her. Yeah. It's like that's creepy. I'm so in love with her that I can overcome the creepy factor. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's love. Of her, we'll 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 make do. Yeah, it's like I'll 
take anyone that vaguely looks like the person I used to. Like. I just I just realized <laughs> superheroes who date the daughter of the woman they lost is <laughs> as morally objectionable as when Rick kills Morty and more and clones Morty and replaces him. Right. Yeah. It's it's, it's the same moral same moral level. <laughs> Psychologically, just not okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> But um, Danny, I think you mentioned before we started recording, you had some insight or thoughts about the production of this movie. Um, yeah. So Alfred Pion, which uh, so uh, just a little backstory from us on how we picked this movie. Okay. Um, we we just did Super Mario Brothers, which was a uh uh our best show ever, oh, uh, best great. new show ever, and then we did Reef, we brought back Reefer, and it was great too. Um. And we added some new stuff and then we're like, we want to do another movie. And I remembered early on, uh, we, uh, did like, a kind of just an improvised riff on Twitch with, uh, Roger Corman's fantastic four. Nice movie. And we're like, let's get that. And so we called, you know, uh, email, uh, Barack Epstein and we're like, let's do fantastic four. You know, can you get us any, any, you know, he's in the business. He knows how to get movies and, and he's like, I have no idea who owns this movie. And I'm like the most stubborn person in the world. I'm like, well, I'll figure it out. And so I start <laughs> researching. And so Roger Corman, long story short, he had the rights to Fantastic Four when Marvel Comics was basically broke. Mm -hmm. And he was going to lose the rights in about a month. So he shot a really super slapdash Fantastic Four movie that he never intended to release. Mm. so he could hang on to the rights a little longer and but then the rights changed yeah but because the movie was never released nobody's really sure who owns it interesting and i'm like i still want to do this movie because it's perfect and i know it would be a big get because it's kind of like a cult movie it's been it's since been released on like blu-ray and i'm sure that like the blu-ray is like a copyright of a copyright kind of a thing and then I came across this movie and I was just, and then I just was like, I give up. Let's just do this one. <laughs> Cause this one's bad in its own way. First of all, it got released. So it's like good enough to be a movie, but it's just cheesy enough that we can make fun of it. So yeah. So the whole, so basically the reason this kind of movie was made because Marvel rights were kind of up in the air mm -hmm. and superhero movies were we're going down from Superman three uh, with Richard Pryor. Great casting uh, to Superman four, which I remember seeing in the theater and was absolutely God awful. And that tanked so bad. And then masters of the universe was supposed to be the big, like, okay, we'll bring the superhero movies back. We'll go to another medium. And that tanked. I've covered uh, that on this show too. Yeah. Which I don't remember. I saw it when Master Pancake did it. That was the last, and that was 20 years ago. So I don't really remember how bad or good it was. But it's kind of in the same vein of like, let's yeah. take something that the kids love and turn it into a big live action movie. And um, and so basically it's kind of the same thing. Like they had these rights. Canon, Canon Films had the rights to make a Marvel movie they just bankrolled the, the fourth Superman film, which sucked. And they're like, okay, we need another superhero. Let's try Captain America. Mm -hmm. But nothing went right. Yeah. I mean, the... <clears throat> I think that 
you know, it, it, there are things to like about this movie. It's it's similar to the Masters of the Universe movie where like it's mm. not a good movie, but there's things to like. And so I still enjoyed watching it. We haven't found that yet. <laughs> well, <laughs> we may be too close to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you're watching it like a bunch of times, like a trying to write all the time. Yeah. So like, <laughs> yeah. And like, I mean, every movie we do, we kind of like it on some level. And yeah. we'll prob- by the time we finish with this, we'll probably have something to like about this. What What's your favorite this- of the movies you've covered? Like, what's your favorite one that you genuinely go back and go like, I had the most fun making that one. Uh, it depends on, well, for me, as a fa- like, I love House on Haunted Hill. Uh, oh with, yeah, yeah with, that's Vincent the Price. best made movie by far. Oh yeah, we've done. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, um, it was just fun to watch, and it's but the the effects are cheap, so it's kind of. And we were kind of starting out, so we didn't really know like how do you, you know, we were learning like it's not just making jokes about a movie; like you have to actually have some reverence for it, and you're not really making fun of it; you're having fun with it while you're making fun of it i guess it's kind of thing and house on haunted hill was like ambitious for me because it's genuinely good but yeah. it's just cheesy in all the right places so like i knew like oh we can make a joke with this or that or whatever um that's my favorite that's i, I mean i i've done less movies with them but i there are just some parts of the super mario brothers movie that while i think it was a terrible adaptation of a game there were some parts that were genuinely funny and and the like the production itself is it's it's really well produced like the the sets are huge and the props are well made it, it's all a very ambitious movie that somehow went terribly wrong but th- there's a lot to admire in it i think liz is going to say mac and me yeah that was an yeah. interesting like um we did some new things with it that's the first one albie did with us and like um but yeah, yeah just because right. i had that nostalgia for it too uh you're right yeah that, that had a different um yeah hit a little bit different for me and i think we'll become fond of captain america 1990 as we go along one thing i do find sort of endearing is like when red skull's daughter was um you know pursuing captain america and they're in the helicopters <laughs> with that soundtrack i don't know if you remember that part but like <laughs> oh my and yeah. we're doing we're bringing back mac and me uh we're Yay. doing it again on august 31st that was good I, that actually yeah. made me like mac and me more i i have to say like <laughs> i think you know i've seen like the uh, it's got nowhere to go but up <laughs> right that's true um i found it hard to sit through before but mm-hmm. watching it again and talking about it i i feel like i did i found it more endearing this time for sure yeah i mean there, i you know there's things to like about it i can't remember them right now but <laughs> um i'm trying to what was it there's one scene i like well, I love the McDonald's scene because it's just the most '80s thing. That part is ever. I mean, yeah. that's just yeah. and 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 I'm and I and when I say I, it's my fa- it's my favorite. It's not a it's not a positive. I like it because it goes so wrong. Yeah, and it's chaos, and it's like, you know, to save the day, dance. 
Yeah, like, that was the just... point in the movie where they just lost all control. Right. <laughs> That's too funny. Yeah. Well, I feel like um is there more you want to talk about in regards to the film? Mm. <laughs> it's the first time we've done this when we're right in the middle of it. No worries. Oh, uh, I do want the, oh, the other like again with the casting. Like the, I think what what's making it hard for me to like is there's so many actors in it I like it so not just uh you know uh, Melinda Dillon and, and Gary McTavin but Ronnie Cox mm-hmm. from RoboCop who's like one of the greatest villains ever and then Ned Beatty who Crazy. whose younger character I don't even want to talk about <laughs> because I'm just so. I've never been so conflicted about making fun of somebody in a movie in my life. You'll see it when <laughs> we get child, to it. Especially. it a child, I could say is a, a child actor, but it's just like yeah. bewildering, a bewildering that that like that that's the cut they went with. <laughs> yeah, right. and I just stop there because I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't want to. Sp- I'm sorry. I don't want to spoil it, but I don't want to talk about it. I prefer both the of us of you being upset and you don't want to talk about it. Well, we had this big talk. We again, we had this big talk of like, how do we make jokes out of this scene? Because we don't want to. We, we're we're not like ripping into a movie just to rip into it. But yeah. it's ask. It's really asking for it. It's really like. <laughs> It's really like, it's like, come on, hey, you know, I'll let you know. It's like, it's like that guy in the mall who wants to fight. And goes, come on, I'll let you hit me first. <laughs> um, I had a question about, but so we've kind of alluded to the fact that this is going to be at Texas Theater. Can you talk a little bit about, like, um, you know, where to get tickets and things like that? Too? Yeah, go to thetexastheater.com uh, or texastheater.com. Uh, or we have a a shortened link uh, uh, that you, just takes you right to the ticket page. You can go to bit.ly slash mock the cap. That's the best I could come up with. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I was like, Captain Amakiarut? Like, no, that doesn't really roll off the tongue. Maki <laughs> yeah. Maki America? No, that sounds like a telethon. Uh, mock the cap. B B I T L Y slash mock the cap will take your ticket page, or you go to mockyhor.com and follow us, and you know find a link there. Right, awesome. and we're always posting stuff. Yeah, uh, look forward to it. You guys' shows are always a good time, so I've thank you. Really enjoy it so much. We enjoy yeah. doing your show. Yeah. Yes. Um. Do you guys have anything else that you want to plug, or anything else that you wanted to? Um, again, we're going to do Mac and Me on uh, August thirty first. Yeah. Uh, I'm, the ticket page isn't up yet, but it will. By the time this comes out, I'm sure it'll be up. Um, and we're going to do. We're going to add new. We've so we've kind of found I think our niche with the last two shows, with uh, editing jokes. Um, which I have to give Albie and Liz credit for because they came up with this. Um. For Mac and Me, there's a joke where we put a song over the movie, and ever since then we're <laughs> like, "What if we put this in then?" And then, and then we, st- and then I started learning, a- or we started learning After Effects, so we can like literally put images in the screen that can kind of like just play with the movie. Nice. So when you see Mac and Me, it'll have all new, have all new audience jokes and all new edit jokes, as we call them. 
nice. uh, and surprises and other things. Right. Oh, and a new intro too. Oh, nice. We need to. Nice. We're and shooting. They, we are shooting an intro for this. That's very uh, Marvel esque. I love it. Now, uh, do you guys have your own website as well? Uh, yeah, MakiHorror.com. Well, that takes you to our Facebook page, but it will be a website at some point. Nice. Okay. Well, um, was there anything else that you wanted to cover? Did I skip over too fast? Was there more on the movie that we haven't chatted through yet? I didn't want to say um, since you've only seen. Not on this movie. We could talk okay. about how we we could talk about the last show. Sure, sure. The Reefer Madness show. Uh, so we did a 420 show, and we can talk about this now, guys. Uh, we're talking to Liz and Alby. <laughs> it's funny now. It wasn't at the time. So we did. Oh, no. Uh, we, you weren't, I, you I weren't there it, for it. It was funny then as well. Well, I mean, it was it, it was situationally funny until everything got cleared out. Um, I don't think you were there for this. Uh, no, no, it wasn't. Okay. So uh, it's just a fun little story. Just a kind of like adventures and comedy dumb kind of thing <laughs> um so we brought back reefer Men. we're starting to the, the cool part with the texas theater now is we're like we're doing new movies but we can bring back movies we've done like and do them a second time and which is a lot of fun because we get to revisit them and rewrite new bits we don't rewrite the whole show but we we you know we get to add stuff to it and uh in april i realized that thursday fell on a 420 and I was like, let's do a Reefer Madness 420 special. And so we cooked up an intro idea where we run out of a room. Uh, there's a little room next to the, the theater screen. We're like, what if we run out of the room and smoke just pours out? And it's like, <laughs> hey, we were getting high. And so I and I'm I'm like, I've never seen a special effect prop I didn't want to buy. So it's like a perfect excuse to buy a smoke machine. And we we asked everybody, you know, is it cool if we do this? So on and so forth. And 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 everyone was like, yeah, it's cool. Like, it's not you're not going to start a real fire. And I'm like, no, it's like fog smoke. Uh, and and uh, I thought I I thought I knew I thought I knew how smoke detectors worked. Uh oh, is the preface. So we so I go in the room and I start smoking up the room. And Chad, our projectionist, looks up and goes, it's not going to set that thing off, is it? And I'm like, no, oh, it's not real no. smoke. And But I've since learned the way smoke detectors work is they don't actually smell smoke. Smoke really? detectors, they're, they're some kind of radioactive material that like shoots back and forth. And when a fog, when a, when a visible gas interrupts that signal, that's what causes it to go off. I know that now because the smoke machine set the fire alarm off like two seconds after we run out and we're like we're ready to start the show hey everybody welcome to maki oh my god <laughs> oh my gosh that was crazy and, and i'm just standing and i and me mr improv i'm like i have no idea what to do now which is the absolute thing you're not supposed to say when you have to keep an audience's attention for an extended period of time and poor chad is like already running around and we're like our show is like a break for him he now he has to run down the stairs to tell them it's just a smoke machine run back up and and uh and it was 
it was funny, but I'm freaking out the whole time because I'm I'm like I'm like I I did I break a city ordinance? Yeah, that was going like, to be my question. Like, what if that called the fire department? Like that? Well, is- it did. Oh, they it came did. in. Oh, Three guys came, came jogging in. in with full gear. Oh no! And we're just trying to riff with the audience and just kind of like just keep them in their seats. You're like hee hee. And we're doing. We did. We did. We did as good a job as you can do in that situation. I'm I'm too hard on myself, but but it's some. But yeah, then literally two firefighters walk into the room and i'm like we're dead <laughs> like like i have to tell the audience this was not a they're, they're actual firefighters oh my gosh we did not plan this <laughs> oh no and then it just occurred to me you know i was like why did i think smoke in a movie theater you, you're not allowed to yell fire in a crowded theater <laughs> And I've I've created one of the elements of fire in a movie theater. <laughs> yeah, and that doesn't always happen with the fog machine because, like, I know at the last job that I had, we we did like a pretend. We like took Halloween too yeah. far at that job to where we weren't working and we were so focused on it. And I remember we made like a pretend haunted house in like one room, and we all were different monsters. I was Freddy Krueger. Um, and we had a fog machine, and then my husband and I have used a fog machine at home before. Like, there's a way to do it without it setting off the fire alarm, but I guess maybe it depends on the type of building you're in and, like, how sensitive the detectors are. So I think it's just you have a bigger room. You have less – there's less chance it's going to go up to the ceiling. Yeah, that and, makes sense. And, and I decided to start a smoke in the smallest room possible in a movie theater. And by <laughs> well, the way, you were trying we, to hotbox. We <laughs> opened the door. You couldn't you couldn't see the damn smoke. Like the bit didn't work. Oh I, no. I, the, the the fog machine was crap. Did and the show like, go on? I mean it that's, did. It did. Okay. The upside is like it went off without a hitch after that. Like oh, it, good. It, like we had an awesome show and the audience loved it. And and then and then three days later, I was able to like we're like it's you know it's fine. Everybody understands what happened. Nothing's gonna happen. Yeah. Because I was like waiting to like wake up one morning and then like hear a knock on my door and they're like somebody's gonna start reading me my rights. Because <laughs> that's just where my mind goes when I worry. Yeah, I'm you like, seem like a very law-abiding citizen then. <laughs> yeah, worried you that much. So, we but yeah, we also had a guy like we had our first sponsor that night with like a CBD. Oh yes, hopefully it's okay if I talk about this. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it was like you know he said it's legal and ever, but like that kind of stuff you never know. Like so, we're passing out <laughs> this mm-hmm. stuff. You guys are like me. Like I'm just such a worrier. <laughs> That's awesome. I think that That's a good t- story though. I think that drink was the only thing that got me to sleep that night because I was so. I just I was so <laughs> freaked out that I was like, why didn't I stop? Like, why didn't I think about that? I, it, you got so freaked out at such a chill event. It's kind of funny. yeah. And I mean, <laughs> exactly. the cool part is like we it was our, that was our Apollo thirteen moment. Yeah, that was that was our finest <laughs> hour kind of thing. Happened it, the night had already been pretty harrowing. Like it was a right. lot yeah. had gone wrong up until that point. So that was just the oh. Icing on the- a crazy there's, crazy cake there's one other funny part i gotta mention this so our buddy roy buckingham uh who's a big 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 supporter of our show that was his yeah and, and he he just the reefer madness show was his first show uh there's a theater downstairs right uh and they were showing evil dead rise nice. on a, on opening night well 
when the fire alarm goes off in a movie theater, the projectors shut down. Oh no! And and so Roy is telling, and I don't. Thankfully, Roy like is like he doesn't tell me this until after the movie. Thank Christ. <laughs> He's like, we were watching the movie, and it got to the end, and I guess there's like a title card at the very end before the the credits start. And it's and it's Evil Dead Rises. I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's very scary and like very unnerving. So they've sat through this like two hour, you know, nerve test. And then the, the Evil Dead Rise title card screens and then the screen just cuts to black <laughs> and the, all the lights go out. And she and he's like, that was the scariest part of the movie. He said everybody screamed in unison. He said everybody screamed in unison. And I I'm, forgot about that. And that I'm just so funny. And again, I'm already like just nervous as hell. Like I'm like I'm we're gonna we're dead. You know I'm I've gotten us in trouble. And now I've like I I I literally scared people. I've like tried. <laughs> I, I what's like I uh oh god. So again, all that happened, and we still did a show. That is too. Like funny. we still did uh, one of our best shows, in my opinion. Yeah, it got uh, all the jitters yes. out of the way, like you said. You're oh, just kind of like, well, <laughs> once we got going. Yes. Yeah, you're like, okay, I, my stage fright is gone. I'm, I'm here, and let's continue. Because I tend to like tell the bad stories, and then Mark Walters reminded me, no, now you've got a story. Like y'all still did the show, right? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, that's that's the story. Like y'all came out. Like I'm very negative person. He's like, y'all finished the shit. Y'all almost, you know, you you created a panic and still got to do a comedy show. Like that's, that's amazing. True. Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. have to tell myself that anytime I'm like, this isn't gonna work, you know, or I'm like nervous about. I'm like, we 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 set off a fire alarm and still did a show. Like, <laughs> pretty amazing. You're committed. You know, you know? <laughs> we we you can't be more committed to a show than that. That's great. You can't be. You can't be more. Uh, uh, what's the term? I'm stretching resilient. this out. You can't <laughs> be. Fun. Yes, we 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 are as resilient as we'll ever like, or as resilient as you can be for a show. Like it almost didn't happen, and then it happened. Yeah, and it, it makes for a good story, like yeah. you said. I love and that. Feel free to cut that up because. Oh no, you're fine. <laughs> I... <laughs> no, you're fine. Um. I look forward to this coming out. And like I said, I, I, I love y'all's show. I love what you're doing and it's a lot of fun. I encourage people that are listening to, you know, head over to the Texas theater website and check it out and, and also follow them on social media as well. So you can see where they are. If you missed that show and want to catch future ones, I really appreciate you guys making time, you know, to be on my show and to talk about this movie. I, I enjoyed watching it. Like I said, maybe it wasn't the best movie, but there were things to love and I'm sure, you know, watching y'all show live will make me love it even more. So thank, thank you. you. And you've always so been, much. you've always been a huge supporter of us and you're, oh, absolutely. A, you're a big part of the reason that we get to do uh, these kinds of movies now. Oh, so we really appreciate, appreciate it. it. Yeah. And um, I wish I'm the fire sure. alarm would go off right now. That would be, be so funny. Close. I was seriously like thinking about lighting a cigarette and just holding it up to the. <laughs> well, please don't get the cops. No, no actually. Like, like, um, I, it's I my really... house. What can they do? <laughs> exactly. Like it's, it's your domain. It's fine. Turn the fog machine on. You know that sets it off. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, like uh, look forward to having y'all back soon. Thanks. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks for so having much us. for having us on. Cool.